Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are David and Matty to talk about the draw and the win over St Mirren. We chat a little bit about the season so far and fan expectations and we preview Aberdeen on Wednesday and the Derby on Sunday. How are we this week guys? Uh, not too bad Ross, how's yourself? Very well. Very well, thank you. You know, we're uh, hearts certainly entertained you on Friday, Gordon. Did they? <laughs> By the sounds of things, they didn't really. Exciting, exciting first half. Robbie Nielsen said. I've listened that. I'm not even going to comment on that at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had to, I had to laugh when I seen the comments. Uh, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Um, I mean, what would you even say to something like that? I mean, seriously, I was lost for words. I mean, he's come out with some absolute stinking lines over the years. But dearie me, that's up there. We excited the fans. We had, what, one shot to go? Yeah, one shot. Yeah. One shot. Got the goal. Got the goal, though. Uh, you know, a bit of magic from... Yeah. Mackay, you know. Let's look at the positive first before we delve into the negative, you know. Good build-up, good play. Good goal. If you if you say so, Ross. I mean, I'm I'm not going to deny that it was a good goal, it was a quality goal from a quality player, but uh, that was it, and it's not good enough, really. But uh, I mean, both games weren't good enough. Well, a one-one draw at Minnes, okay, you could argue. Well, listen, I did say I would take four points out of the uh, out of these two games, and we got that. But I expected a, a, a certainly a better performance, a better level, um, and I think that's the most disappointing thing from from my point of view, anyway, over the two games. Um, that I think we're actually very fortunate to take four points out of those two games. David, do you share the sentiment that Gordon's uh, just spoke of there? Um, yeah, broadly speaking. Um, obviously, the the, the Samaritan game away, firstly, was... Um, I mean, we must have had... what I, rec- I reckon it must have been Hearts' most possession they've ever had in a game. We must have had about three quarters of the possession, but did absolutely nothing with it. Um, and I know St Mirren are on a, I mean, they're unbeaten at home this season. They've obviously beaten Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, the like. So, yeah, mate, we don't we have, we don't have any divine right to go and win those games. But I think the fact that we played them twice in six days should have been well. Whatever we did on Saturday against them on the seventh didn't work. Don't do that on Friday the thirteenth, and it seems that we did exactly the same thing. Um, apart from playing Alan Forrest at right uh, left wing back or whatever, he, he shoehorned him in um, at St Mirren Park. He didn't do that. On Friday, but that seems to be the only thing he he changed. It was um, frustrating performance. I think if it's not broke, don't f- don't fix it. No. Well, it was broke. <laughs> it was very broken. The back five's been broken since fucking October, for goodness' sake. Um, it's fr- yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, we're delighted that we've won, uh, and that was the most important thing because we needed to um, separate ourselves from the chasing pack. I know it's now four points with Livy picking up three um, against St Johnston. Um, but you're pulling away from the teams that you expect to be challenging third with. Um, so that's always good. However, the concern is is that you play that at home against a team who don't really have the greatest of away forms. They don't really have the greatest of teams, with all due respect. We should be. This was a massive moment for Hearts to, to really push the goal difference up as well. Because it's one thing that we know how crucial it can be uh, finishing high up in the Scottish Leagues. Because no other team can get double digits bar Celtic and Rangers. And we're at plus six now. And let's be honest, once we were one up, I thought, right, great. Second half, let's let's open up the floodgates and really go for it. And we we didn't really seem like we could be bothered. We had a couple of half chances. Obviously, Stephen Humphreys has missed of the season, and 
it's it's things like that that frustrate you. But overall, we didn't really deserve to win anything more than one nil. And fr- quite frankly, I think we were fortunate in the end. And I'm sure we'll come on to the reasons why. And we were fortunate, but I think overall the performance was was poor. And yes, maybe playing poor and winning is the sign of a good team, the classic old cliche. Um, but I don't want to see home performances like that too often because, quite frankly, it was a pretty ugly watch. Matty, were you concerned um, with the uh, performance? I was concerned with the performance, but it wasn't just because of the performance so much in the home game. It was the fact it was the performance in the first half of the away game against St Mirren followed by a much improved second half performance leading into going back to playing the same formation we played in the first half in the away game at St Mirren to play the exact same way. It just didn't make any sense to me. They showed that they were capable of pressing our midfield and basically nullifying us and making us pass the ball on the back three for 45 minutes in the first half in the away game. And we proceeded to do it for 90 in the return game at home because we fluked a goal for a moment of magic and then done nothing else. And for me, that's just stubbornness from the manager. He's got this set way and this set formation that he's determined to play regardless. I mean, David touched on it earlier. He played Forrest at left wing back in the away game just so he could keep five defenders on the park. And then I was looking at the team before. He's, he signed a new defender. How do we get him in? Let's play another fucking defender and move Halliday into the middle of the park and keep playing with a back five. It's infuriating. Everyone knew it didn't work. We watched the second half at St Mirren. We played really well. We created some good chances. We looked like an exciting, entertaining team to watch. And then we went back to pointless fucking possession with, with, with a one-man midfield, which was the back three can he carry it out, pass it into Snodgrass, he'll get pressed by three players. There's not another midfielder within 20 yards of him to pass the ball to, so he passes it back to the defender, and then we lump it forward. That's literally what we did for 90 minutes and 45 in the first game as well. So what's that? A game and a half of aimless possession and one really good goal and he's stuck to it for the entire time? You do that against any team that's capable of doing anything other than lumping it to Curtis Maney and you get beat. It's as simple as that. Gordon, does it concern you as much as, as it concerns Matty, the performances? Or are you happy? Obviously you're happy to get the three points as a fan, but you want to be entertained. I feel as if we talk about this quite a lot. Yeah, the, the concerning thing for me, I think, beyond everything else, really, has been the performances and... I think when, when you kind of analyse each one, I mean, the first half... I mean, going into that St Mirren game, we've just beaten Hibs 3-0. I mean, I can understand the performance against Hibs because it is a big pressure game. You know what I mean? It is it's a derby and they've won 3-0. You would think they would have been a little bit more relaxed going into the St Mirren game. Would have said to ourselves, right, you know, we've won the big pressure derby there. Let's go and express ourselves. Let's lay down a marker here and go and get three points. Um, And again, just sort of basically kicks it mirroring out of any chance of catching us, really. Um, it was a good opportunity to come to a place where not many teams have won. I think only one team won. I think it was Motherwell alone on the open day of the season. But since then, you know, they've obviously beaten Celtic and, and they've drew with Rangers, they've beaten Aberdeen, they've beaten Hibs. But I still think if Hearts had started the game the right way, they would have won the game. Um, and I, I just think that's the most concerning thing for me. I, I, it sh- listen, we went 1-0 down and it was a fluky goal, of course it was you know, it's a big deflection, 1-0 down fine, but nothing changed about 10-15 minutes after the goal there wasn't a reaction uh, yeah, we had lots of possession, but we were doing nothing for it St Mirren were always dangerous on the counter and had they actually been clinical they could have, they, they should have finished the game so it's a good point, maybe big, better teams would have 100%, and it, you know, and it, it should have been, we should have been 3-0 down 
Um, and it was certainly the, the worst half of the season. And the most concerning thing for me is the fact that the manager sat there and watched that, and he's not even changed it after 20 minutes. He, he, Matty talked about the, the stubborn aspect of it, and I think that's what it is. He's very, very fortunate that we won 3 0 down. Why not just make a change there and then after 20 minutes to get a reaction? And and then suddenly you've got more time to try and go and win the game. It was night and day, the second half, um, in comparison to the first half, because the team were a lot better, we created some really good chances, and to be honest with you, we should have won the game. Um, St Mirren, I don't think, really offered anything, really, in the second half. A couple of times they, 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 they sort of caught us on the break a little bit, but I never thought we were under the cosh. I mean, they, they, they had a few shots from um, outside the box, but Xander Clark, I never thought he was forced into any... Um, any troubling saves I thought they were all pretty comfortable for him um, so that that's the most disappointing thing for me yeah before the game you would take a point absolutely but it's it's the frustrating thing the way it kind of panned out um, to say and, and that's why I thought going into the game on Friday there that they, they would have just stuck with that formation because clearly it worked picked up with the left off and and had the game won by half time showed St Mirren that we are actually a, a lot better than you and unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't do that. He went back to a similar formation. St Mirren were always going to be a little bit different. They were all going to be a little bit more cautious because they were coming away from home. So their style was naturally going to change anyway. Um, they were set up to try and contain us. And, we'd, you know, the one time we ventured forward, we scored. So it showed you just how vulnerable they were. And that's that, that's what really annoys me. Nielsen comes out, we oh, we excited the, the, the fans. and fun. No, you didn't. It was a sold-out time castle under the lights. Start quickly. Go and get a goal and and actually get us excited, you know, entertain us. And I see nothing of the sorts. And to be honest with you, I, I tweeted that it was garbage and it, and it was garbage. And a lot of people were, were coming out with, well, um, if you remember three years ago when we were shite, uh, you know, you can't criticise us. I mean, that's nonsense. Just because we were shit three years ago doesn't mean that you can't pick holes in this performance regardless of the results. And it was a poor performance. And in the end... Had it not been from a bit of brilliance from Mackay and three wonderful saves from Xander Clark, we wouldn't have took uh, three points from that game, and and that is the most concerning thing for me. David, a, a word on Xander Clark. Started very well in his hearts, could you? He has, yeah. Um, thrown into the deep end, and uh, it does just show that a little bit of um, forward thinking in the transfer market does pay off, um, or the free agent market, I should say. Um, you know, the guy's proven himself he's a top keeper um, at this level. Um, of course, he can't do all the things Craig Gordon can do. Um, but he's making save after save, and that's all you can ask him to do. And he's making them at big moments. And uh, obviously, everyone was very concerned the fact not only have we lost our captain uh, and the best keeper probably in the country, or by far in the country, um, how we were going to fare in it, you know, two clean sheets. That's one thing we have, we've actually been lacking all season. That's Obviously, that's not down to Craig Gordon. I think it's just the fact that we've looked a little bit more solid at the back. But, and we've played against worse teams. Um, but yes, uh, it's, it just shows you. You know, people like Savage spotting these, um, these, these almost... Yeah, maybe gem's a bit of a strong word. But I guess it, it's, it, it reaps the rewards, doesn't it? It was, it was almost a no-brainer. Well, of course it was. And, and we'd been saying... Unless... And last season we said it how many times that if Craig Gordon gets injured, we're in serious trouble because all we had was Cheesy and his jokes to save us. And thankfully now we've got a proper keeper who's making save after saving. People, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's expecting to do that. But 
you know, at the same time, we we all expect Craig Gordon to do that, but that's because Craig Gordon is an exceptional goalkeeper. It makes things look easy. And Xander Clark is making these double saves, uh, becoming a little bit of a habit. I'd like to hope that these don't become a thing um, every week because not only is it not good for my blood pressure, my heart, and everything else that goes with that, um, but eventually he's not. He can't keep everything out. So. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't become a, a a reoccurring theme of of games to come. But I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a it's a really shrewd bit of business um, from Hearts, and uh, reaping the rewards, as I said. Talking about business, Matthew, did you enjoy the new signings on Friday? I thought the young Australian boy um, looked quite good. Within I mean, whatever you can say about it, he's quick. Um, plays Humphreys in well for the goal. Probably should have got played in himself, but. We'll see what comes from him. The young guy at the back, Hill, I think he looked okay. It's probably too early to judge whether he's good enough or not. I don't think St. Menon, St. Menon put him up too much. He had a couple of moments where he, when he was tested. He came up and done all right. But promising start again. I'm not going to get too carried away, but decent, decent start for them all. And luckily we're in a situation where we don't need them to hit the ground running just about yet anyway. They can come and take their time bed in a bit and try and make a difference as the season goes on, really. I mean, if this if this young guy from Australia can get us three or six points or maybe win a semi-final or something like that, then money well spent, job well done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. I think Hill uh, had a pretty good good game. Um, I think it's always difficult for a defender when they come in for their debut, um, particularly if they've just been signed a couple of days before it. But um, I thought he was quite commanding. I thought he looked assured. So um no complaints there obviously it's still early days but it certainly looks like he, he can play football a little bit and I suppose if you're going to play with a back three it's all about balance and um and they need to be able to play a little bit as well um so it'll be interested to see how he fares I mean I think the way he talks it's, it's probably only going to be here for six months maybe um I don't see it being a long-term thing with Hill I think he's he's got bigger ambitions than, than playing in Scotland and you know that's fair enough if if they come in they can talk the talk as long as they walk the walk then I have no issue with that and uh Certainly fared quite well, but there will be bigger tests for him, so we'll see how he does. Um, <clears throat> in regards to, to the other two, obviously Oda never got on, but uh, they, they said they were going to kind of gradually introduce him. And then obviously our, our young Aussie superstar, I think he was denied an assist by what was quite frankly a ridiculous miss from Humphreys. Um, so what really, you, what did you make of that miss, Stephen uh, Humphreys? Well, I was celebrating, you know, because where we are at the 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 ground, I, I think it's in, and I was I was my my two middle middle fingers up <laughs> towards the St. Mirren end, and in the end, it was me that looked like the mug because he couldn't put it in. It was a a terrible finish because Humphreys has been in good form actually, and you fancy him one and one to be fair. Um, he's a pretty good finisher, so I think he was just trying to be too cute. Um, he really could have went for the other the other side and and comfortably just slotted it in, but. He was trying to just curl it round the goalkeeper and, and make it look better than it had to be. So um, I'm sure he'll learn, though. Um, just put it in the back of the net. That's all right if you're 4-0 up, fine. But when it's 1-0 up and you've got a chance to kill the game with a couple of minutes to go, you make sure you put it in. Um, so hopefully he'll learn from that. Um, but overall, I mean, even if... I think 2-0 probably would have flattered hearts, to be honest with you. I, I just don't think we played well enough on the night. And um, that's the most frustrating thing. And uh, But I'm sure we will get better. I think if we alter our style, we can be much, much better. Um, I think when Callum Patterson comes into the team, hopefully it will be this window. Um, there'll be a, a certainly a, a better structure because I think at the moment, when you're having to shoehorn um, wing-backs into your team that aren't natural wing-backs, then it's a waste of time playing that formation. And I think that's probably why 
we're not seeing as good a hearts as, as as what we know they can be. Um, I think Patterson at right wing back offers a lot more than Michael Smith, who, by the way, I mean, going back to the first game, had a terrible, terrible afternoon. Him and um, Cammy Devlin were the two worst players in the park, and how near them were hooked at half time, I'll never know. But obviously, he changed the, the the shape and went to a flat back four, and I think Smith's certainly more comfortable and about a flat back four at right back when he just knows that he has to defend and that's fine. But when he's having to incorporate his attacking style into it, you, you see him get caught all the time. We just need to lose the ball and then suddenly, you know, some are through. That happened in, in the second half, um, when they hit the post. I mean literally it was Smith, he was he was going on a wee mazy run, couldn't even beat the man. They took it off him. And they were through on goal. And th- thankfully St Mirren's finishing let them down because it really could have been punished there. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing week in, week out now at the ages in and the way they're right No, back. but but if you're gonna if you if he's gonna insist on playing with two fullbacks then you play Natayaka. And I, and listen, I don't think Nathaniel Atkinson has been good enough, absolutely. But at the end of the day, he to to get the best out of that formation, the reason why you're playing wing backs is is so they're effectively 70% attacking I, I think anyway and it's well, particularly it's, it's, at home it's at St Mirren particularly at home at St Mirren you don't yeah. want to play someone that's not going to bomb forward not going to put crosses in the box not going to do that Smith he, he does try to get forward but he's just not got the legs yeah, and, and I mean, a great servant to the club but you know it's getting to the point now where you need to have players yeah. if you're going to play that formation can he play Michael Smith? Oh, absolutely. And as Matty mentions as well, you can't play Forrest at, at full-back either. You know, the the, the, the guy's a winger. Um, so it's simple as that. He, he wasn't brought in to defend. I mean, Halliday, I think, has, has done a good job. But even then, he has his moments as well um, where you think he's not totally comfortable in that position. So really, if that's what the manager wants to play, um, then he's got to get the players to, to, to play in those uh, positions. If not come up with a plan B, come up with a plan C. And I think that's the criticism that's always been labelled at the manager. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's he's done a terrible job because he's not. Clearly he's not. He's got the team third in the league. Um, obviously that could change in two weeks' time if he goes to the Scottish Cup. But if, <laughs> if, if that doesn't happen and he gets his first win at Easter Road, then he's done a fabulous job um, again. So... But but there is obviously criticisms that you can throw at the manager, and there's some people who who feel that you, you can't criticise the manager, and and that's one thing that really annoys me. You know, he's the third biggest football club in the in, in the country, and if we want to be the successful club that that we want to, that we think we can be, then you've got to have managers who have plans B, C, and Ds, and, and they can go to St Mirren and they can change it after ten minutes if it's not working. I was actually going to ask Dave. David, this question, so glad you actually brought that up. As football fans, do you think we're allowed to criticise the team? Or we should be allowed to criticise the team? Uh, you're not, you, the team's uncriticisable just because they're third. No, absolutely not. That's a nonsense. Because these pe- they seem, these same people will criticise, they just don't realise it. Um, you're allowed to criticise the team no matter what. And and obviously, it's and listen as well, obviously it's... Um, it's circumstantial. Obviously, when if Hearts are winning five 0 every week, none of that really ever. But you know, in the Championship, they probably were uncriticisable. Uh, back back then, when we won ninety odd points or whatever. But, but every every week, there's some there's always things that you pick up on. You go, well, that wasn't good enough in the game. I didn't like the way we played or whatever. You're, you're it's like like you say, you know, we're at the end of the day, we've we've paid money to go and watch the football. We're allowed to have our view on it. Not everyone is going to uh, unanimously agree on whatever happens in a football game. Otherwise, the sport would be very very boring to watch. And you wouldn't have podcasts or, or uh, analysis 
or pundits, etc. Because if everyone had the same view, what's the point? So you're absolutely well within your right to criticise. Obviously, as mentioned, there is a level of criticism that is publicly acceptable based on what you've seen. I think everyone would agree that there is a very minimal amount of criticism after beating Hibs 3-0, apart from maybe the second half, and some people had their views on that and some people didn't. That's absolutely fine. That's football, um, Ross. And people are allowed to have their say. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of... We alluded to it earlier, and I think Gordon mentioned... Uh, a few uh, users on the old uh, on the old Twitter sphere were saying that we shouldn't criticise because three years ago we were in the championship, or whatever. And I just find that excuse. It's the cl- it's the classic. Oh, but ten years ago we did, we nearly didn't have a football club, and it winds me up. I will get what. It's ten years later. We do have a football club, and they were shite on Friday night. So well, what difference does it make that ten years ago we didn't have a football club? Almost, you know, it's people just bringing up something just because they're not happy with what you've said. Um. You know, we might be slightly outspoken in our criticisms at so po- at certain points, and that's absolutely fine for people to think that. So, I think football's football. Everyone's got a, an opinion. They're like arseholes. You know, they all stink, and that's that's the way it is. Um, but yeah, I think the to, to deny anyone the right to criticise something just because we won or somebody scored or whatever. Um, I find it a little bit. Um, I don't know. A little bit pathetic that people can say that, really. Matthew, do you do you share that sentiment? Yeah, I do. Um, I think David's right there when he's talking about how you get the the people that saw oh, ten years ago we never nearly had a football club. Well, in three years' time, I'd like our football club to be in the European group stages. So it depends if you want to keep looking backwards, or you want to start looking forward. For me, I think it's a mindset thing. If you're happy to be sitting third in the league every year, fine. I mean, it's it's a it's a great existence. I'd love it. But I want this football club to be better than it is, and I constantly want it to be better than it is. I want our players to always be better the following season than they were the year before. I want to see us win things. I want to go on trips to the Emirates. I want to go on trips to whoever finishes fifth or sixth in the league in England. I want to be there. I want to be going on trips to Germany. I want to be going on trips to Spain to play proper football teams. I want this football club to be the best it can be. And you're not going to get that if you don't try and strive to move forward. I think the club do. I think people like Savage, and I'll give Nielsen his due as well, to be fair, over the last couple of years, they're constantly looking to move forward as well. But it's it's no good just being like, oh, well, we've done okay. We picked up three points against St Mirren. No, we need to be highlighting where we can improve. We need to be picking the, the positions where I think we can improve. And there's many areas, I think, in this squad where we've got decent footballers that are of a good FP- SPL level. We can do better than them, and I hope that this football club continues to move them on and upgrade them, and we can get better and better every year. And I think that's the difference. I know everyone on this podcast, and I know most of them think the same way. All we want is this football club to be the best it possibly can be. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being ambitious, and that's the way I look at it. Um, Gordon, how do you, as we've kind of gone past the sort of halfway mark of the season, how do you sort of assess the first half of the season? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think okay to good. Um, I think had you maybe counted it prior to the World Cup break, then I would probably say poor. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think we competed well enough in Europe, in my opinion. Um, I know we're up against good teams, but I just feel that we could have done a lot better. Um, I thought the manner of the defeats were were poor, but we, you know, we we've spoken about that in, in length. Um, I think some of the league the league games as well again haven't been good enough. Um, but I think since then we've we, we've certainly been a lot better. We've been a lot more solid. Um, performances still haven't been as good as what I feel they can be. Um, 
but obviously we have still had injuries and things like that as well. Brought a few new signings into the team, so we'll see how um, they kind of gel and, and how they do as, as the coming weeks go on. But look, we're sitting third. We're four clear of Livingston, six clear of Aberdeen. Um, we're going to beat Aberdeen midweek then, then as far as I'm concerned, it, it's pretty much over um, the, the race for third. And then it comes down to whether or not we progress in the Scottish Cup or not. Um, I don't want it to be a season what it's it, it's happened in the last few years where it's kind of petered out. Even when we finished third and things like that, we've got to the split. It's already been done and dusted and, and, the, and the season's over because we've not got a cup final. Last season that could have happened, but we had the, the, the cup final coming up. So it's important that we, we have uh, something similar to focus on. That's how huge the, the cup is. It's disappointing we weren't involved in the League Cup semi-final this weekend. Um, but... You know we've we've obviously got to bounce back and and sort of keep this good form going. Um, I think we're a good side. We're we're the third best side in the league, and I think it's about time we start showing it. And these next three games that we've got coming up, I think are a really good opportunity to to really really cement that. Um, and I'd like like I'd like us to do it with a little bit of style. To be perfectly honest with you, I I don't I, th- I feel like the last three games there. Maybe not the Hibs game, maybe that's a bit harsh, but I almost feel like that we've just done the bare minimum. Um, certainly Friday was, was the bare minimum in my opinion, um, and that that's the most disappointing thing for me. But we've been scoring goals, um, we've probably just conceded too many this season, I think that's that's the main issue and that's certainly something that they'll need to look uh, upon how to improve in, in the summer. And you can say, well, you know, maybe we should always play a back three. Um, well, maybe we concede less. I, I don't think so. I think you know we could easily have a better structure and, and play with a back four and concede less. Um, we should focus on what we do well rather than what other teams do. Um, I'd like to see us just go back to the good old days where we you know we swat, we swatted teams aside. And I think we've got the infrastructure there to do that. Um, I think the summer will be huge again, um, particularly if we've got group stage European football to look forward to. It's how they they invest in that and 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 how they bring in the 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 money. You know, we were saying all this last season. I don't think they've done enough in the summer so far. The January window's been really good, and 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 the players that they've brought in look as if they're a, a real decent caliber, and they can maybe take us to the next level. Um, add Callum Patterson to that, then then it absolutely is. I think he'll be a really really good signing. Um, and then it take then you focus suddenly on the summer, and I I would I'd like to see us going to the uh, to the Europa League, and I think. Again, if we have a, an FC Zurich or that, that type of standard of team, we've got to be ready to beat them this time. Well, we know that's the question. David, do you think we're in third because we've played well or the rest of the league below us isn't up to standard? <laughs> um, I think overall it's probably the latter more than the former. I think, yeah, we have played well and we overall have a better squad than any other team. In that's uh, obviously fighting for third, um, but how many times? And it's probably the same story as last season. Really, too many teams in that kind of between fourth and ninth were just taking points off each other, and we were the only one that were kind of consistently able to just beat those teams or more often than than not. Um, so yeah, I think it is an element of that. And I heard a lot of talk actually at the start of the season, um, how Aberdeen were going to be. Um, the next best thing since uh, sliced bread and they were going to romp third because Hertz had Europe Aberdeen didn't have anything else to worry about so you know they were they had a brilliant squad they had this Macedonian magician up front who was going to bag 30 goals or whatever and of course that's not happened uh, they're six points behind us and hopefully come Wednesday that's nine um, so yeah I, that, that clearly is an element of that but as mentioned before Hearts have a very good team 
Um, they, they've built on that from last season, and I think as we obviously mentioned, probably not as much up to like like this window um, as much as we probably like to. But we've got quality players all around the pitch. I don't think that can be said from any other teams in the in the league, and we've actually got depth as well, um, and that's a key thing. Um, and I and I think it's something that we need to really make sure that you know. Especially if we're going to continue playing in Europe, which is we obviously hope is the case, depth is more important than anything else. You know, I think we've realised that this season. The Thursday Sunday schedule is not easy at all, um, and we've we've built a squad for that. So when the league games and and I think we mentioned it, if we were in the hunt for third come uh, the, the the World Cup break when Europe was over, things were always going to look good for Hearts, and obviously that's so far came to fruition, and that's because we've now got quite a big squad. And it makes a world of difference, Ross. It really does. Um, and you see these teams where we've, you know, we've had numerous injuries this season, and we've still got enough quality in the the team to replace um, those injuries. So yeah, I think there is an element of that. But at the end of the day, we've said that Hearts have invested well, and uh, I suppose as well, they've, you say they've invested well, but also they've been patient in a sense. You know, yeah. maybe a criticism from us was in the summer they didn't sign enough, and yeah, fine. But the market Scottish football's in. We can't really just go out and no, pay loads of money for players. Do, it's about timing. When you do, you, you end up back in the living phase of signing eighteen players and getting relegated. So you can't. There's a. It's you have to find the sweet spot in the transfer market, and especially I think it was with the the influx of money that was coming in. We could have easily um, spent over um, an extra few quid on someone that probably didn't suit Hearts. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Um, it would have been easy to do that, and and it's a patient game um, in the transfer window. But like you say, we, we've probably the guys we're now signing in January um, are people we've probably had an eye on for quite a while and we've just waited for the right time to, to pick up the phone and, and it looks like it's uh, good business again from Hearts and it's the reason why we are the, the third best, the third biggest team in the country. Simple as that. Huge game, Matthew, on Wednesday, Aberdeen. I, I'm looking forward to my trip to Tynecastle on Wednesday night. <laughs> nah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's a big game. It's a really big game against Aberdeen. It's one that hopefully we can win. Um, I don't... I know we spent the whole the whole of this podcast talking about performances against St Mirren, but I just want to beat Aberdeen. So hopefully we can beat them again on Wednesday night and they can go back to mid-table obscurity where they achieved nothing for years again. That's what I want from Aberdeen. I want them to pretend that they're a big football club with their diddy stand, with their five seagulls and 12 fans like they used to have before, winning nothing, losing all the time and getting pumped every time they come to Tynecastle. That's what I want. They're absolute losers. And to be honest with you, if we can get Goodwin sacked along the way, that'd be quite nice as well. Looking at Aberdeen, if they do get the win at Tim Castle, <laughs> Gordon, it, it does sort of put it back then two, three points of difference and probably more of a challenge going into the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it, it almost wipes out all the kind of um, momentum that we've built up over the last sort of two, three weeks there. You know, to turn around the was a four or five point gap that Aberdeen had on us um, to then suddenly potentially be nine points ahead of them. They're generally the, the gobbiest fan base on Twitter. And they've got a lot to say for themselves for a club that's only won one League Cup in 30 years. Um, yes, they, they had that brief spell in the 80s. Had it not been for Sir Alex Ferguson, they generally would be as irrelevant as Dundee. I mean, they, they, they really would be in terms of trophies that they've won. They've won the same amount of league. T- they go on about this as well, how you know they were the last team that won the league outside the old firm. Fine, good for yous. But at the end of the day, they've not won the league more than us. They've only won the League Cup more than us, and that was two. Um, and we will eventually put that right. Uh, we've won more Scottish Cups than them. And listen, good for them. They, they they won a couple of European trophies that now no longer exist. So at the end of the day, good for them. But they're still a Diddy team who don't even get more fans than Hibs. They're a one-city team as well. 
and they go on about their big away support. Well, it's been cut to 600 because they're a small club, but most of their fans live in the central belt anyway. So that's the only reason why they cut. I mean, their home support is a disgrace. I mean, even now, I mean, look at what they've brought to Hamden. I mean, they've... I think they've only brought 13,000 or something like that and, and they've not got their traditional excuse oh the kickoff time's crap or anything like that there's no excuse they should be filling their filling their end hopefully Hearts will go there and they'll, they'll lay down a marker and uh, and wrap third up um, or at least kick them out of the race anyway because I think Livingston are still a dangerous side yeah that has to be the, the sort of what Robbie Nielsen has to sort of use as you know a marker, you know, nine points clear. We could go. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're 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 not coming back from nine points. Um, no, no, no chance. And I know we still have to go to Petardry potentially, but they're just not coming back from nine points. And I think, um, I think we could put Livingston out of the race in the next two weeks as well. So, uh, there's a big opportunity now for Hearts to lay down a marker, and um, and go and wrap up in the league. And then obviously, hopefully, we'll be in the cup. We can we can really hopefully get favourable ties again and get ourselves to another final, and this time, um, get over that final hurdle. To get to the final, David, we have to beat Hibs at Easter Road. How are you feeling ahead of that one? The derby? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not the most optimistic of, of people anyway, Ross. Um, that is a given. Uh, we all seem a bit nervous about this. I just don't like it. I'm really sick of drawing these arseholes in every bloody cup. What is it? There's been three cups in the since the final in 2012 that we've not played them in. It's a joke. There's hot balls going on here, Ross, and I don't like it. Um, and also, it's at Easter Road. I mean, it's the fact that Nielsen's never won there as well. That's just sticking in the back of my mind. But Hibs are rotten. I mean, I'm not being funny. I've seen the highlights yesterday from their draw with Dungeon United, and they were absolutely stinking. The only thing they've got uh, going for them is Kevin Nisbet. Um, but he's made the chocolates. He'll get injured soon enough anyway. Yeah. But all they need is a goal, Hibs. You think about it. You know, yeah, I know. You but go uh, one nil up. We shift the penalty. We don't really score that well, many. Uh, you know, th- this is the this is why. And then obviously, with there not being any replays, mm-hmm. need money spinners. Many money money spinners in this mm. in this cup <laughs> competition anymore. Yeah, no money spinners. How will we survive without that money spinner? Um, not be a ruckus <laughs> night in Gorgie. Well, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think my. I don't think my arse could take penalties. Um, I just wouldn't be able to watch. It'd be too painful, even for a fourth first. In the derby penalty shoot. Well, yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope the game's done by half-time, but I don't trust us to do that. I, I'm not looking forward to it, Ross, mainly just because I'm a pessimist and I don't really like the... I mean, I've, I've seen too much heartache at Easter Road in the past few years in the Scottish Cup, and it just brings back bad memories. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen again. I, we've obviously got a better team than them. We just pumped them 3-0. You'd think all the... All the signs are pointing in the right direction, but that's usually when bad things happen. Um, so I'm just going to say absolutely nothing regarding it and just say I hope Hearts win, and on paper we should, but that usually counts for nothing. Matthew, on paper we should win. Do you think we will win? Always, whenever we play Hibs, I think we're going to win. Um, I think the manager does put a big question mark on it, just due to ease. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm genuinely, I'm not trying to have a go at him here. I do think there's a big question mark there, just due to his record at Easter Road. Uh, personally, I think he's going to win it out with the 90 minutes, because then I can still call him a fraud that's never won at Easter Road inside 90 minutes, and we get to go through in the next round of the Scottish Cup. That would be, That's probably what's going to happen. In reality, we should batter them, right? We should be putting three or four past them down there. 
and it should be an absolute non-event, but we won't. We'll start with five at the back, right? You can almost pick pick the team. Um, Kingsley will still have his concussion, so he'll not play. He'll be out for another six weeks. So we'll have Cochrane at left centre-back, which means we'll have no pace down the left-hand side at all. So you'll start Halliday at left wing-back. You'll have Michael Smith at right wing-back, and it'll be torture, right? That's what's going to happen, and we'll probably 1-0 it. I'll take it. We'll go through, but God, I'm not looking forward to it. I hate watching him at Easter Road. I really do. He's so negative. Just go out and batter them, Nielsen. Just go out and batter them. Uh, well, I mean, you you look at the the last game at Easter Road there, and, and to be honest, we we were comfortably the better side. Um, the only disappointing thing was we conceded in the ninety fifth minute. Although, I mean, even when Boyle came on, I still thought Hearts had chances to kill the game, and um, you know, you need that second goal in a derby, and and we kind of seen that there. Um, in the Tynecastle derby a few weeks ago, you know, having that two 0 cushion, it was huge, um, and obviously we they, they didn't score, but they could have done, um, and then you almost think, you know, if it gets to one one, how how does the game go? I don't think Hibs would have went on and won the game, but I certainly think it would have been a lot more difficult for Hearts to go in and and win the game from there, and you almost think right, we'll take the draw and and we'll come back again. Easter Road, we have a great record at Easter Road, we do, uh, we haven't lost down there in a long time now. Um, but I, I, I'm the same as David, you know, I just hate these derby games and cups um, because they're, they're so much bigger than the league games. League game, you know, you play them again in like three months anyway, you know, so you dust yourself down and, and go again. But, you know, the cup game is huge. You know, we go at the cup then, we're sitting watching every single one of their games hoping that the, the team, whoever they're playing, will do us a favour and do the job that we should have done. Um and the thing is, well, you know, Aberdeen have got a good chance of getting through. We need these teams out of the competition because if we go out, it's got to be Celtic and Rangers who wins it. And I hate both of them as well. I don't want them seeing them having to win any anything more. Um, although I think Celtic will do a treble. I just think they're too strong. But um, you, they, want, you want that cushion, don't you? you want of that course you do. You want it in your own hands. You, yeah. Sunday, one of the old firms do. We're playing the other old firm. We know. What we're, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. We could yeah. potentially get to the final. Anything's a bonus, but we know we've got group stage football. Hundred percent. And it was the same as last season. There, you know, obviously we were gutted to lose the final. Absolutely, it's it's never ever nice to lose a cup final. But I, I would argue that getting to a group stage European football on is on par with we we're winning a trophy. Of course, there's more prestige. There's more probably celebration with winning the trophy. Absolutely. But really, it's only like Arsene Wenger. There. No, but it is though. But from where we are as a club at the moment, and given the fact that we hadn't been in group stages for a long, long time, it's just it's just as good as, as far as I'm concerned. And to be fair, you need a lot of luck to win a cup as yeah, well. Of course you know what I mean? Whenever there's a cup run, you know when there's a cup run. You know when it's going to go places. Yeah, you you do need a little bit of luck, and um, and obviously, unfortunately, we we did, we just ran out of luck really uh, last season. Although I would argue we deserve to win all the games. Um, that that we that we went through and play what's put in front yeah, of you. Yeah, you can do absolutely. So you know, if if we can obviously get past Hibs here, it'll be a tough game. It's a derby. It's virtually this is their season defining game now because if they're to lose that, I mean, what what realistically have they got to play for? Maybe they might think to themselves if we put on a run, we can maybe get fourth or fifth. But that's about as good as it's going to be, and you know they they won't be happy with that, and they they'll be expecting more. And I think I think with the fact that you look at their ticket sales, they're not looking too confidently ahead to this game either. But it is a derby game; anything can happen. Um, but I think Hearts need to go down there with a little bit of swagger. Um, they need to start the game well, get an early goal. Um, I don't want to see a back five. I want to see us go there and, and dominate the game. And and re- really. Um, 
it might be the day for maybe one of the new strikers, uh, the new sort of uh, players to to make a name for themselves. But yeah, so I, I think uh, it's a good opportunity now for us um, to go there and win the game and uh, and look forward to being in the next round and hopefully we'll get a few home ties in the next couple of rounds after that which will see us back to Hamden. I want my big day out. I enjoyed my, my semi-final last, week, uh, last season. Um, get the coach bus with the lads and uh, it's a good day out sitting in the bowling club before the game and, and hopefully you know it's uh, <laughs> at 9am <laughs> yeah. um, only football would put you through that yeah. uh, absolutely I mean because the thing is if we get past Tibbs right you want then Celtic and Rangers to get each other actually I'd, I'd want Celtic and Rangers to get each other in the quarterfinals it's, it's a funny one though because you kind of want them to get as far yeah, as for, possible for the security. for the security I just think that we, we have a good team we have too good a team not to win a trophy if the old firm went out uh, and if we're in the latter stages going to Hamden, I I I I would see us winning it. I just would. I think there's there is a lot of big characters in the Hearts team, and uh, I think people like Robert Snodgrass and things like that would be would be edging us forward. I mean, what kind of gives me confidence about this Hibs game coming up is we've got winners in that team. We've got people that have, have won things, yeah. been places. Double you know what I mean? Oh, Xander Clark's won the cup. Won a yeah, you know, I mean he's he's the most prestigious player in our squad, I think, in terms of trophies that he's won. Absolutely, but um, no, there there's a lot of experience in the Hearts squad, and I think that's probably what stands us in in a better stead than Aberdeen and Hibs. Anyway, um, when you look at those teams, although naturally they've got individual bits of talent in their team, but when you actually look through their entire squad, Hearts have a lot of experience, and I mean guys like Stephen Kingsley, um, you know, they'll only be fueled by their previous cup final defeats, I think, um, where they'll go into this, and even if it is maybe against the Celtic or Rangers, it won't, I don't think it'll phase them. I don't think they'll be feared by it. I think they'll be more determined, if anything. And We've got to win one eventually. Well, we do. We do. Uh, absolutely. And these things eventually do even themselves out. And sadly, you've you know, you've know got to put up with a little bit of heartache, especially following this football club, um, before you do get that, that kind of day. And if it doesn't happen this season... It'll probably happen next season. I think I think we are due a trophy, and I think it is coming. Hopefully, it's this season. But it would be a bit unprecedented to reach a, a fourth Scottish Cup final in in five years. Yeah. No, I I think I think we are due our day in the sun, and and hopefully it could come this year. But um, ultimately, you've got to take care of the wee team, and um, let's hope that we go down there. And uh, it's been a wee while since we've given them a proper spanking at Easter Road, and I think they're due one. Predictions then for the two games this week, Gordon. Um, I think we'll beat Aberdeen 2-0. Um, as I said, hopefully this one goes to extra time now and they do get a bit leggy. And we've just got to start well. Absolutely just got to start well. Really, you know, don't make it a nervy game. Don't do what we've done Friday there. I think Aberdeen will be a lot more open as well. They'll, they'll come to play, I think, because of, given how big a game it is for them. And I think that'll probably suit us, if anything. Um, go down there, 2-0. Uh, and then for the, the Hibs game, I think I'll go 2-0 as well. Um uh, two goals either ha- sorry either side of half time. It's kind of given me uh, Kevin Kyle and Stephen Elliott vibes a little bit actually. Um, just with it being a two o'clock on a Sunday, so yeah, we'll go with that. So two two nil in both games. Hopefully, I'm going to say three um, one against Aberdeen, and I'm going to say one nil for Hearts in the Edinburgh Derby. I like three one against Aberdeen as well. Uh, I think that's probably what's going to happen with that one. I think we'll beat them. And I think we'll win two one after extra time at Easter Road. And it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be painful, but I can't see anything else. As long as we get through. If we get through I'll be a happy man. It's all about getting through in the cup. Till next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>